This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. Probably like many of you, as I watched the mob of angry white people storm the United States Capitol on January 6th, I was furious. I was saddened and I was sickened, but unlike some, I was not all that surprised. I was not surprised because the words that inspired that mob were not so very different from the words used over the past four years and before, words that with a mixture of ignorance and arrogance divide and belittle and twist and falsify. I had a good conversation with a parishioner this week as we shared our outrage, our worry, and our fear. He asked me if I would be speaking out in a decisive way today, and we talked about that for a little while. I explained what many of you who may be listening or reading this already know about me, that my style tends to be more subtle. And I admit that I base my leadership and our prayers and worship on certain assumptions. I assume your intelligence, that you know the issues and sort them out as best you can. I assume that you, like me, are overwhelmed by information. And I assume your basic orientation towards the good and towards God. And then also there's the fact that when I hear religious officials or anyone else for that matter tell me what I ought to think or feel, I rebel deep inside. I resist doing that which is asked of me. I need space and time to think it out myself. I also resist saying much on social media, not because I'm afraid of hurting people's feelings or losing members, um, but because it feels so bad to me after I post something um, that really uh, sends a zinger to a person or, or reduces them to some level, because really it reduces me to some level of nastiness. I also know full well that there's nothing I could post on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere else that is going to change the mind of the crazy cousin or the in-law or anyone else who refuses to think for themselves, to risk listening, or to be serious about the hard work of following Jesus. Now, please understand, if you're someone who vents your rage or other feelings online, I'm not judging you. I'm just explaining why that doesn't work for me. For me, it doesn't help. And at this point in my life, while I continue to learn and try to be as aware of the problems of our day as possible, there are plenty of other people and resources to help us deepen our understanding of the world's problems. But I want to put my energy into solutions. And as Christians, there are plenty of ways we can be part of the solution. One is through prayer. We pray daily from Holy Trinity through Zoom, online uh, uh, ways, and in person on Wednesdays and Sundays. Many of you participate in your own disciplines of prayer. And for the next two weeks, the National Cathedral in Washington is praying online, especially for our country, every day at 5 p.m. until the inauguration. There's a link to those prayers on our church's main website. And so we pray individually and as a community. 
we pray not to control events or to inform God on what really is happening in God's world, but rather we pray because something mystical happens when our prayers mix with the parts and particles of the universe and it all somehow goes into the will and the way of God. And then there's the very real aspect that prayer changes us. It makes me be more open, a little bit wiser, a little bit more loving. We should also be politically active. Voting is a Christian responsibility, but so is writing, calling, emailing, and nagging our elected officials. We should lend our time, talent, and treasure to God, but also toward political, peaceful change. And change happens. Let's not lose sight of the fact that the two new senators from Georgia are an African-American and a Jew. Change happens. The vice president-elect counts her lineage in that of of African-Americans and South Asians. Change happens. And my own marriage certificate to another man is issued, it says, by authority of the United States Congress because we were married in Washington, D.C. So don't tell me change isn't possible. It sometimes comes slowly and it doesn't always work out the way we want it, but change is possible. And so we have to work alongside those we agree with and those we don't and God's good time for change. And then there's our Christian life, the day-to-day nitty-gritty, falling and getting back up again, repenting and renewing that we struggle to do every day between Sundays and including our formal times of worship. And today, and this day the church regards as the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ when we remember that Jesus himself was baptized by his cousin John, we too remember our own baptisms. We remember what was said on our behalf or what we have said, and we try to live into those baptismal vows. Too often the baptismal covenant is muttered over crying babies and filming relatives at a baptism. But these are words of commitment and purpose. In the early church, the person to be baptized would face the West, the darkness, and be asked to renounce evil. Sometimes a person was encouraged to add gestures as though renouncing the devil himself. But then for the affirmative questions in the baptismal covenant, the person would be invited to turn east toward the light, the direction of sunrise, of resurrection. We pledge to turn from evil at baptisms, and through our faithful living we aim to do and say things that continue to turn us from evil to good, from darkness to light. The Bishop of New York, Bishop Dietschy, wrote on Friday, reminding us of the hard work ahead. In his letter he writes, As Christians, We are people for whom reconciliation is not simply another virtue, but is the foundation of our life and who we are. He quotes Jesus, saying, I came that all may be one as the Father and I are one. Bishop Dietschy goes on to say we must have a part in this work of unification and reconciliation in our nation, indeed, but but it begins in our own communities and parishes. 
Reconciliation is deeper and richer than simply making up or agreeing to disagree. It also requires of us the amendment of our own lives, the striving for justice, the naming of evil in our midst, the forgiveness of sin, true humility, and the tireless effort of calling our friends and adversaries into the work of peace. Reaffirming our baptismal vows does not solve all the world's problems, but it reminds us of an important place to begin and to begin again by cleaning our own side of the street, our own lives, our own souls, so that we might renounce evil wherever we encounter it and follow Christ more deeply. Let us pray. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God in glory everlasting. Amen. On January 10th, the choir's anthem at communion is based on text by Sabine Baring-Gould and set to music by David Wilcox. The anthem captures much of the tone of our day. On one hand, it's a sweet lullaby, such as any mother might sing to her child. And yet we hear in these words, words from Mary to her son Jesus, words sweetly sung, yet foretelling the danger and the risk ahead. And yet this gorgeous lullaby ends with the verse, Sing lullaby, hush, do not stir the infant king, Dreaming of Easter, gladsome morning, Conquering death, its bondage breaking, Sing lullaby.
You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The eighth day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.